just record this. This is a start of sorts. So we can just start with welcome, right? Welcome everybody to the subversive. Wow. Wow. This is episode seventeen. Oh. I thought you were the I am episode tracker. I am. I'm not I definitely thought we were no, we're probably eighteen. That's my guess. Hmm. One, two, three. <laughs> well, we're in the teens. Yeah. We're in the high teens yeah. for episodes. <laughs> and we are uh, once again at Upshot this morning doing another early morning podcast. This is 18. 18. Magic number 18. Yes. That feels good. So today is unique because... Our fearless leader, Chad, is still... Yeah, uh, the local theologian. Yeah, still sick and recovering, so we hope he uh, gets better soon, because I know it's been rough for him to battle feeling off for a while. Yeah, it's been months Yeah, where he's felt, I believe, lethargic. Yeah, so we love him. We yeah. hope he's getting some rest and um, we'll be feeling better soon. So this is it's also interesting, because in a sense, we're... Um, subverting the, the subversive. subversive because Chad has no idea that we're meeting this morning. Right. So we decided yesterday to just go ahead and, uh, what meet. Yep. Threw out what, some ideas last night. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. So we decided we will use this episode to discuss, um, movies in an attempt to occasionally do a, what a recurring subversive episode that, uh, Talks about media, literature, the arts. Yeah. And just geek out a little bit. Yeah. Does that sound But also, right? like, right, there's underlying, like, tones and emotions and stuff that yeah. we're obviously going to hit on. For that. sure. It could be it could be how it touches, like, soul places, or it could be how, yeah. for me, it could be just how I love it. Like, it's it's something humorous or yeah. it's whatever. A little bit of a throwback to when Mike Sherman guested and talked yeah. about story, the importance of story. Yeah. And story is incredibly important and so yeah today we just want to highlight a couple of yeah you know things that we've seen recently um that told phenomenal stories yeah and to do it we talked about this last night through text to do it in a way that is encouraging yes i feel like culture is quick to critique and just say well this is what was wrong with this thing there's certainly still a lot of people that praise but i love media i love film i love literature um so i want it to be a, a time where it's just like, this was really good because dot, dot, dot. And maybe there is some yeah. critique or whatever that comes with it, but primarily I want it to be an encouraging. Yeah. Thing. I, I think, uh, Kyle knows me really well. So part of his sex was, Hey, I know it's real easy to create. And I will be the first to admit, <laughs> I will throw something under the bus, including myself, uh, almost as soon as it happens. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot easier to point out the mistakes and the wrongs and maybe the inconsistencies. Yeah. Uh, but we want to, one, it's a good practice for me to not just do that yeah. and actually call out the goodness. Yeah. Um, and so even if maybe it's a hard or rough story or something like that, but trying to still see some good through that. Yeah. Why do you think, before we start and name the two-ish movies we'll talk about, mm -hmm. why do you think we do that? Why do you think it's, I, I, I think you, I don't mean to sound mean, I think you're a little more critical than I am. 
I can get in a gear where I can be very critical. Mm-hmm. I also have a gear where I can just like praise something that I'm like, well, a lot of people could pick this apart, but I really love it and I don't really care what somebody thinks about it, but I have, but I can be very critical. Yeah. You have a gift of being able to like see things without a filter, uh, which (laughs) like I can go into a movie and I can just watch it to be entertained. And I probably will be, there's very few movies that I would say, like I, I just stopped it halfway through or I just like left hating it. Mostly I just love like go the theater experience. I can just go. Yeah. I just want to be entertained or find something of myself in something. Yeah. So I can watch stuff without a filter, which yeah. is that right? Yeah. I think, uh, right. It, at a certain point, the internet, I hate always throwing the internet <laughs> out and like, this is a critique, I guess, of the internet or at least a take on it, but it's, it's the outrage culture that, um, we live in, Mm -hmm. you know, it's keyboard courage. It's all these little fun little terms that we have now, but the internet has allowed everyone to feel like they have a voice. And so I feel like criticism has jumped to the front, um, because people want to be right, uh, and they want their opinion heard. And now there's like no fear or shame about putting something out there because you know i'm hidden behind a screen yeah and i've got this keyboard and i can say whatever i want yeah and i can have multiple handles and whatever and i can troll people or whatever and i thought it was interesting um kind of a state of the culture i'm driving in today and the news uh you know one minute update bulletin whatever and uh it is the linton season Mm -hmm. um which i'm sure we'd wind up talking about on a regular subversive podcast. (laughs) Um, but the Pope has called on Catholics to, uh, what they need to give up for Lent is essentially that outrage culture. It's like, stop trolling. Hmm. He's, he's, he asked people to stop trolling. That's pretty cool. So stop calling people names. Stop being mean during the Lent season. And I think at the very least, you know, that's a pretty good gauge yeah. on where society is is like <laughs> that the pope's what, yeah, the, it. The, the pope is speaking out and into yeah. these current trends like it's not like smoking and things like i know when i was growing up like a lot of people would give up smoking or you know various crutches or whatever like personal crutches yeah uh not something that like today like you know it's only certain people smoked a lot more people, I think, back in the day smoked. Uh, but almost everyone has a smartphone and almost everyone has access to Facebook, Twitter, yeah. Instagram, whatever. Yeah. To respond and yeah. initiate, <laughs> right. you know, just a terrible, terrible <laughs> dialogue. Yeah. And I, from my angle of critiquing, I think if I'm really like got honest with myself, often my critiques come out of deep insecurities. Absolutely. And, uh, Probably some deep, like fear of uh, not being good enough. Like I can, I have, I find myself and my loving wife can point it out um, and I'll take it. I do think it is a loving thing to have these things pointed out, but I can um, like hear somebody who's like a motivational speaker, somebody who has a whole lot to offer. And my, sometimes my natural instinct is to critique them. Mm -hmm. And I just think like, whoa, 
where the hell is that coming from? If I can like stop for a second, it's like, I yeah. think there's a bit of jealousy because I've lived a long time with like not speaking my mind, not offering up my abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, if I can look at them and think, well, you're not the expert of experts on this thing you're talking about, then why do you get to talk about it? Which is a terrible critique. Everybody's got something to offer. Everybody can teach us. Um, so I've come a long way, but I think that's like, I, I can just like hear something or see something and I just want to critique it to like take it down a notch, which is not loving and it's not fair. And I should really celebrate that. So that's part of what, why I even offered up the suggestion last night yeah. is like, let's just celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be think insecure. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think it's good that I don't think we take the intentional proper time to actually celebrate yeah. The good. We're like, oh, but there was some good in it. <laughs> you know, it's heavy focus on one thing. You're like, oh, but it was good. But it was also good. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. that's what today is. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a couple movies at least yeah. that were, or maybe a handful of movies. Yeah, it's probably a handful were, because ever, yeah. ever, you know, <laughs> Cause we've been watching a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've been watching a lot. My mind started racing now. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, we've we've both watched that as well. So we can speak yeah. into that. Um so I, I guess we do want to give a little bit of a spoiler warning. Yeah. Uh, these are recent movies. Um, yep. These are primarily Oscar nominated uh, movies for best picture. Um, and uh, one of them is 1917. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other that we also want to kind of focus in on is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and then there's a couple others in there yeah. that may you know, spring forth. I'm not um, even sure I know what I want to say about those movies. I just know I loved them. Mm-hmm. I loved some of the other Oscar noms. I also, as a side note, I think if we do this again, especially with film or television or literature, we need to bring Mixmaster Mike Sherman. That's true. Back in. Cause yep. he did the couple, uh, story podcasts mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. feels like forever ago. It was probably only like, I don't know, probably back in like 10, November 15 episodes ago. <laughs> But it feels like forever. It's <laughs> like episode nine and ten. Was he really? Yeah. A uh, little less than ten episodes ago, Mixmaster Mike Sherman with a story. So we'll bring him back in. Yeah. But yeah, we, um, Jacob and I go and see movies sometimes by ourselves. Yep. Jacob, you talked about that. Yeah, I did. Uh, episode or two ago. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. They all mm-hmm. blend together. But I think we both find like uh solace and sanctuary at least for me like i Mm -hmm. i love the theater experience so i go and i just eat it up i love getting the popcorn i love sitting there and i love taking in a good movie so i went and saw 1917 by myself and i'm glad i did because not only did i love it but it was super emotional for me yeah so i sat there and cried like half the movie and i thought oh thank god i'm not here with (laughs) jacob or my (laughs) some of my other friends to watch me cry Though yeah. I know you can but, handle yeah, I was it. Say, because we judge you relentlessly. <laughs> no. I know you can handle it. It's just, I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, I didn't know if you were going to continue on with any of that, but no, I also ahead. saw 1917 my first time. Yeah. Uh, by, by myself. I went on my own. I saw, went to a very late show and I thought that was safe. Mm-hmm. And my harshest critique was actually my theater experience not the movie the movie was fantastic but my experience in the theater yeah he had a bad one was it was not a sanctuary yeah i felt vulnerable and uh 
my entire experience was impeded upon and ruined. <laughs> so <laughs> I then went and saw 1917 again to redeem it. Yeah. And then I saw it again because it was just that good. Yeah. And then my bro- <laughs> my, bro- my brother-in-law wanted to see it. I was like, I'll go to see it with you. So four times. I saw it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, I, I like a good war movie. I thought, I don't think I've seen many World War One mm-hmm. war movies. Um, so like off the cuff, a few things that I loved about it, a few things you did. I loved that um, it was filmed like one take. That's kind of the obvious. Uh, it's um, so beautiful. Yeah. So once the movie gets going, it doesn't stop going through camera tricks. And we've watched some of the behind the scenes stuff on it. And it's pretty fascinating um, from like a logistic point of view, like the actual production side of it, like it's almost an artwork, what they did to make the movie look like it was one shot, how they moved yes. the camera, how they used rigging, these motorcycles. Like yeah. it's almost like the whole movie is a giant choreographed dance Yes, that they nailed. That is a perfectly beautiful way to Thank you. put that. Yeah. I, yeah. And I don't know how many takes they did it in. I don't know how many cuts they actually had but i like i have a ton of respect mm-hmm. for that was sam mendez right yeah director um him and his uh, cinematographer I can't richard remember. richard deacons yeah that sounds right i believe i don't know we didn't do any research for this. <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's richard deacons i've watched yeah enough behind the scenes um on it so yeah so the movie gets going doesn't stop what that accomplishes, I think, is that it feels like you're a soldier in a sense, like feels like you're in the thick of it. You're like right behind or right in front of these two guys that are going on a mission um, to alert what another group of soldiers that they're heading into an ambush. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah. Um, I thought it was really well acted for not having a, I don't think, I don't think it had a ton of dialogue. Uh, I mean, some, a good balance of yeah, dialogue I mean, and not, but oftentimes it feels like they're just going, right, they're exhausted, yeah. they're scared, they're whatever. And they're just because going. there's not outside of the main characters, you know, it's only who they interact with. So then it's between yeah. the two of them Yeah, on this journey. Um, yeah. and I do want to correct myself. It's Roger Deakins. Okay. Ah, I was so, so close. close. He won an Oscar. Yeah, he did. I don't remember what category. Editing, cinematography, uh, It was something. cinematography. Yeah. yeah. Because what Kyle referenced with the camera work is just yeah. a dance and, yeah, magic. Yeah, beautiful. They spent four months. I watched, We watched the behind the scenes thing. They spent four months just learning, like, the choreography of it, where to be. Yeah. So not even really acting, just getting, like, their steps down, getting the camera movement down and all that stuff, where I, I guess on a typical movie they do a lot less Yeah, they it's like that. it's like a week or two. Right. So this was exponentially more intensive yeah. than your typical uh, film set. Yeah. So do we talk about um, emotional stuff? I kind of teased that. Yeah, yeah, no, sure, yeah. What, and I, what have was, to, I have to say some spoilers. So we did, we did say that at the beginning. Yeah. But so it's it's two characters. I was a bit surprised that one of the characters isn't in as much of the movie as I anticipated. Yeah. So there's a bit of a twist uh, in there. And um, sorry if you haven't seen it. Stop listening if you haven't. But at one point he is 
stabbed, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's in a fight. And his partner, who it seems like they're pretty close, um, they seem like in the middle of this war, they're the kind of each other's um, best friend, confidant. Yeah. Um, so that's like the first moment in the movie where he's holding him and he's dying and it drags out. Mm-hmm. And I just broke down. It's right. like a really, really well done moment between these two guys. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember all the details, probably because I was crying a lot, but I know I was moved a ton because I think I just put myself in his shoes, having lost my brother and my mom and how mm-hmm. devastating that was. But then how much I really, it would be terrible to hold somebody as they go. Mm-hmm. But I think I long for that. So I think I watched it. Yeah. Um, with like a longing to hold two people that I've lost yeah. in their final moments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that was yeah. Uh, tough, but made the movie excellent. Cause it hit me in a place that like, mm-hmm. like it really hit me to my core. Yeah. Um, because I've seen it so many times, I can tell you some of the dialogue that happens in that scene. And one of the more powerful moments for me, um, it is in that amidst that like, consoling mm-hmm. and that presence. Um, but the character who has been stabbed says, am I dying? Yeah. And at first he's no, and he's trying to blot out this wound and, you know, mm-hmm. we just got to get you, you know, we're not that far. We can get you, you know, some help. Yeah. And it starts twisting. He starts becoming a little bit delusional. And he, he says again, am I dying? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he says, I believe you are. Yeah. And the weight of having to hold someone who's realistically trying to come to terms. Like, and if mm-hmm. you do put, put yourself in their place, what do you do? How do you respond? Yeah. How do you respond to that it's, question? It's, uh, it's someone who's close mm-hmm. and they're asking about their death, their morality. Yeah. Mortality. Yeah. And it's do, devastating. Yeah. Do, do you try uplifting them and be like, no, no, like so that right. they have a positive, whatever? Yeah. I don't know. To the end. Uh, yeah. Or do you, I think that's one of those things that, we do that you do face is Mm -hmm. do I tell, say that, tell the truth and do I hurt them or I I don't know. Or do you make it easier potentially right for them in their last moments? I don't know. Yeah. I know it's an incredible scene. I think because of the honesty of both of them, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it feels really honest. Yeah. And vulnerable and I don't know. It was was a very uh, well done scene that I didn't anticipate happening. (laughs) Yeah. At least at that point in the movie kind of threw me. Right. Um, Yeah. What else did you connect with or like about it? Yeah. So I will say I'm a complete AV geek. So when Mm -hmm. you talk about, you know, the behind the scenes, the camera work, really one of the most beautiful cinematic movies I have ever seen Yeah, from beginning to end the attention to detail and I can't wait for it to be released on like Blu-ray or whatever because I know that's going to have 
yeah. exclusive extras that I yeah I'm more excited to watch the behind the scenes yeah that I'm gonna have to soak up um, yeah. but um, I think it was it, it's that attention to detail that staging that dance but it's the reality um, so like you said there's not a whole lot of movies that are done with within World War One yeah and World War One isn't at least in America I feel like not taught. A yeah. whole lot in school. And maybe that's our generation. Maybe it was. Right. Absolutely. For like our parents' generation or something. But I'm just not familiar. Right. That familiar with World War One or any movies about World War One. I. I feel far more oblivious to yeah. it. Um, and so uh, the historical accuracy, it is a uh, film based on true stories. It is not a true story in itself. It right. is stories that the director, Sam Mendes's uh, grandfather would tell. Yeah. Um, and he compiled and he created this original screenplay from these stories they heard from his grandfather. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm just thinking what, I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, but you think about world war one technology at the time, the best thing you had was like a telegram wire. Right. And they were just strung across the, the dirt. And so, yeah. yeah, the best way to actually receive a message was by a carrier. Right. Because Give this it was, guy a letter right. and now he's going to run. Because it was so easy to just cut the enemy's lines. Yeah. And we don't even think about that now because everything's wireless. Right. Now there's, you know, digital midair hacking. Yeah. Takes, it could be more different. Um, and so like the historical accuracy of like them trying to even be true to the times, um, the type of, um, machinery um and uh guns and mm -hmm. um their you know helmets their attire their combat gear like yeah. everything is pretty accurate from what i've been able to research since watching those because i was like i'm fascinated was this true yeah um and even uh the continuity of the movie so going back to like geeking out over film uh, there, like I found myself in the fourth time through, there's a certain part and, um, where he's swimming in the mm. river. Yeah. And, uh, so that they could make those cuts that go behind a rock and yeah. it fills up the entire screen, but you can still hear him putting each arm in the water. Right. And it wasn't until the most recent time that I watched it that I was like, Oh, they're so intentional about everything. Yeah. I didn't count the strokes to see if he was on yeah. the same. If yeah. you, if, if when he reemerged, he was on the correct stroke. Right. A side note, I do think you're the only person I know that will think that in depth about yeah. the movie. But it's because everything else. From was a production so, standpoint. Yeah. Because everything else was so intentional. Yeah. So if they're that intentional about the technicality of it, I would also say that they're that intentional about the story that they're telling. For sure. And I wanted, like, you kind of touched on it a little bit from that. It was Sam Mendes, it was his grandfather's stories. Mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons I love the movie, and obviously we can't speak for Sam Mendes. We don't know him. Right. He has no idea who we are. We've seen a few behind the scenes things. So mm -hmm. I can't even really quote him. But my read is this was his, like, baby. Yep. That the, his grandfather's stories were very important to him. I think initially he was trying to get someone else to make the movie. Yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. so it sounds like, and somebody suggested you should do this. Like, I don't know if he was nervous. Well, he, was, to... he was looking for like his next project. Yeah. And like his yes, that's what it manager was. or whatever was like, 
why, why don't you just write something? And yeah. he was like, oh, I don't know. And then he was like, well, I've got these stories. Yeah. And he created, he wrote this. Yeah. So, it, and it feels like he loves it. Yeah. Like it feels like it means a whole lot to him. And that translates yeah. to me and you as the viewer, mm-hmm. I think. So not only is it a really well done movie, cause he's a really good director and Roger, Roger Deakins, mm-hmm. he's won a couple of Academy. Like he got really good people, Yeah, but I feel like it's his heartbeat behind it and yeah. the and the intentionality to me comes from that and what you get is all those little details that are so well done because i think he cares so much about the project and yeah. telling a story that will resonate with people or be insightful to people or you know or whatever yeah 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 it's a very powerful movie um so starts in one place it ends in a completely different place there's no repeated scenes um and part that's for me that's part of the beauty um it kind of even though it starts and ends in different areas it ends in this in a same in the same spot mm-hmm. in a similar spot yeah um and um there are just I don't want to give all the spoilers yeah. away. Yeah. Like I do want, I do encourage anyone to actually, even if it's spoiled, it's worth watching. It's right. Incredible to watch the movie, but like there's small enough little pieces of the story that are just so beautiful and yeah. so intimate Yeah, because at a certain point he's just on his own. Then right. he's by himself. You like feel his loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. Like they did such a great job of actually translating emotion yeah. into without words. Yeah. Um, and just with really incredible acting and with really, really well done. Yeah. Cinematography. Yeah. I'm with you there. Like the end of the movie, I don't know if it's the last like five or 10 minutes, I'm not going to say what it is, but it's all things at once. It's heartbreaking and it's yeah. beautiful and it's, I don't know, it's just working on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Yeah. And even in that, I don't know that I expected, I don't know how I expected it to end. I didn't have many expectations cause I didn't know much about it, but it just yeah. ended, I don't know, so beautiful. Yeah. Because there was only really one part of the plot. Like they need to deliver this letter. Right. Yeah. At a certain point I was like, Oh, this letter isn't going to be yeah. delivered. They either do it or they don't. Right. And beyond that, I don't really know what happens. Right. Yeah. But it's it's fantastic. Yeah. So should we jump to the next yeah, one? Yeah, let's, let's move on. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's probably my favorite movie of the year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I love 1917. Yeah. I love, we talked about Jojo Rabbit earlier, not on yep. here before we started recording. So there's a handful of movies that I really loved this year, but yep. probably at the top of my list is Once Upon a Time. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I love Tarantino films. Mm-hmm. Um, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are two of my favorite actors. I think they're two of the better actors mm-hmm. out there. Like I watched that movie and I'm just like that. They're those guys. Yeah. Like sure. there's, you know, Brad Pitt won Oscar for, best supporting actor for it. And I'm like, yep. yeah, yeah, he deserved it. It's mm-hmm. like, you're watching, um, I can't remember his name now because it's been a bit since I've seen it. Yeah. Um, but he's, you're just like, you don't even think it's Brad Pitt. You're just like, he's that guy Yeah. in the movie. And I think, um, I think I've seen all of Tarantino's movies, but one, um, and Tarantino has, you know, he's got violence. He's got 
um, great story. He's got all these things. He's got good cinematography. He always has great actors. Um, there's so many positive things I could say about Tarantino's movies, but I think the thing that I like most about his is that I feel like he writes dialogue as good as anybody. Yeah. That's making movies mm -hmm. like his, he, he can create tension between two characters. Like the, um, have you seen Inglorious Bastards? I have not. World War II movie kind of over the top. But I the beginning it. of that movie is just two people talking. It's Christoph mm -hmm. Waltz and a, another guy. And it's like that you can feel the tension immediately mm -hmm. just through dialogue. Yeah. And there are several moments like that in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where there's like, it's quiet. Mm -hmm. There's little dialogue, but the dialogue is brilliant. And it just sets up a tension that um, I don't know that I've had or experienced movies that do that as well as he does. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I really enjoyed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was probably the first movie I saw last year in the theater that I can fully remember. Mm -hmm. I think the movie before that that I saw was maybe Detective Pikachu. So maybe it was the same year. Yeah, you're I on a know. you're on a tear now. Like I am. If that's the first one you think you saw, then you've seen a ton of movies since uh, yeah. Once Upon a Time. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> Jacob's watching movies all the time. Yeah, but I love it. Uh, in the theater, I yeah. watch next to no movies at home. <laughs> um, so with that, um, it was interesting. I didn't really know what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was about. Going yeah, do we into give it. a do we give a short synopsis? Of, yeah, yeah. That, for I think anybody that hasn't seen it, it's yeah. about a TV actor, Leo DiCaprio, um, played by him, who's trying to. He's kind of like the feels like he's at the tail end of his career, but he's also yeah. trying to make it in film for the first time. Um, Brad Pitt plays like his best friend slash stunt double mm -hmm. um, in his movies. And so it's kind of just following them around in Hollywood um, with a backdrop of uh, Sharon Tate and Charles Manson yep. and the Manson family murders. Yep. Um, yeah. And you knew nothing about that, right? No, I... No, I knew literally, I did not know what I was walking into. Yeah. And we saw that together. So because yeah. I knew some about it and you knew nothing when we talked at the end, it yeah. was like our experiences were very different. Watching yeah, they were movie. very different, but for each of us, the outcome was the same in that we enjoyed. Yeah. Like it didn't ruin the movie because I didn't know right. that it was based on, you know, real, yeah, you know, a real thing that yeah. happened. Um. And, you know, you walk out knowing that, yeah. and I think you had a different appreciation because of the twist that it had right. with telling that story. Yeah. Um, I would say I, I do know that that movie was highly critiqued, um, and people did not like it. Um, they thought it was too long. Yeah. Um, they didn't like, um, some of the scenes where, um, it was just Brad Pitt's character driving, yeah. And stuff, which I left the movie thinking, well, that didn't feel like three hours. So I and thought I was, the same thing. Yeah. And I was, I was ready to sit through more. Yeah. And I think for me in the story, like what you were referring to with Tarantino, he writes really great dialogue. There's really great story and dialogue. And for me, those car scenes, like Tarantino also really cares about cinematography and these beautiful shots. And yeah. like, he's telling a visual story too. Well, yeah, there's like story in the silence where there isn't dialogue yeah. and you're just seeing things. And it was just, I think an opportunity for the audience to like breathe for a moment until yeah. the next thing 
because yeah. you're also like living in sus- suspense. Yeah. As the story's unfolding before you. Yeah. You're start you're getting anxious like, "Oh, I think this is going to happen." And like that is what becomes a part of the story is like you kind of are immersed in it. So you kind of become a part of it. Yeah. And I want like, there's, you know, most communication is nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. So doing that in a movie and doing it well, seems like it would be extremely challenging, but when you pick the right shots, when you pick the right yeah. setting, when you have the right actors that can act really well mm-hmm. in nonverbal communication, like you just believe it. So you actually get to know, I feel like you get to know each character more yeah. um, through that and understand them more. There's a lot of character development that doesn't even revolve around dialogue. So I'm with you. It didn't feel like a three hour movie. I heard, I think there's rumors that he, he might do it like hateful eight where it's a Netflix special or something like that, where it's cut up and actually they include other scenes that may just be a rumor, but I would take five hours of once upon a time in Hollywood. Anytime Tarantino's making something I'm in for however long he wants to present something to me. Yeah. So what is it with, uh, Tarantino? Um, that particularly like connects with you and uh, aside from the dialogue which i think is fantastic there's something about um similar to 1917 and jojo rabbit there's something about somebody that sees it through the whole process so obviously tarantino has incredible people involved in his films to have the success that he does mm-hmm. but i think it was like his ninth or tenth movie i can't remember they they even in the marketing, they pitched it as whatever movie it was in his series. And he's been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. So he's not making movies all the time, which tells me he cares about what he's making. Mm-hmm. But then he's the writer and he's the director. Like he's the main storyteller. There's nothing against movies that don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think kind of like 1917, having Sam Mendes as the writer and the director and he's on set and he's seeing it through. Yeah, Like this is it's like the insides of a person. It's like their heart and soul and their imagination and their creativity from start to finish. And there's so much care. And I think how like 1917 had so much detail that was excellent. I'd say the same for once upon a time in Hollywood and all of Tarantino's movies, I think. And he's always doing something different. Like you're not, you can kind of tell it's a Tarantino movie. Like he's got his stamp and his unique qualities that you can pick up on it. But I mm-hmm. feel like he's always looking to tell a different story yeah, in a unique way. Like okay. Kill Bill one and two mm-hmm. was a very unique way to tell a story compared to what he typically did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting you say that. Um, and not, yeah, to discredit a director of a film who, didn't, didn't also, write it. Didn't also write it yeah. or doesn't have more invested personally with it. Um, but there is probably something about just, you know, as human beings, like my job or role is director. So I'm a director yeah. versus, well, this is my story mm-hmm. and I'm going to direct, you know, like, so yeah. you're, you, you're probably more invested in actually telling the story and there's yeah. more on the line because it's, it is you. Yeah. Um, now I think that there's also probably directors that are like, this is someone else's story and I have to take care of this. Right. And like, this is what the story is for their baby. I need to, that's how I need to care yeah. for this as the director. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I just, I do think there is maybe something there like, um, 
maybe they're, you know, a little more tender with the project. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's an interesting insight. Yeah. And I think Tarantino's movies wreck run the gamut of emotion and experience. So he has those scenes that build up a ton of tension. He has scenes of like, I'd say pretty extreme violence that he does in such a way that like there's a couple scenes in once upon a time in Hollywood that I'm like laughing out loud. And I'm yeah. like, only he can do this. If there are probably other people, but it feels yeah. like that's like his thing. Like he yeah. can, you know, DiCaprio can get a flamethrower and all of a sudden I'm laughing in a theater during a, a scene in a movie that is a pretty dark scene. Yeah. But I think he means for you to laugh. There's a lightness to it. Yeah. That it's he like brings. he creates a caricature. Yeah. Yes. Of the character or the scene in general. Like he takes whatever maybe trope it is, but it's a character of the trope. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so he does that so well. I wouldn't say all of his movies have heart and the ones that do, I wouldn't say have a lot of heart, but I think once I, I like movies that, that, like I said, run the gamut that have suspense, that have heartache, that have uh, lightness and humor to it and have heart. Yeah. And I think there's not many moments you get when their friendship between the two of them, you get some heart, they yeah. care mm -hmm. deeply for each other. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when DiCaprio is on set for this Western and he's meets his co-star. Mm, it's a little yeah, girl, yeah. great actress. And she's reading yep. a book about Walt Disney and he's reading a book about, uh, I guess he's reading a Western, a Western book that basically parallels his life yep. story. Um, and again, it's the dialogue, but at the end of that scene between him and her, he's kind of broken. Yeah. And they have a really sweet moment together where she shows some heart, like she instills some heart into the movie. Mm -hmm. And then she also makes a dig at him, yeah. which takes it from heart to like laughter yeah. immediately. And I just think that's brilliant. Cause to me, that's life. I feel like Tarantino represents life mm -hmm. sometimes with caricatures, sometimes with extreme situations, Yeah, but there's heavy and there's funny and they can be at the same time. Right. And I like that. I yeah. need that. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Um, because that's exactly what that was, a. once upon a time was, was an emotional journey. It was humor. It was sadness. Like I remember crying. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's tension the, yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he makes you feel Yeah. kind of whether you want to or not. Yeah. Um, there's almost a, in a sneaky way. Absolutely. Almost, like I don't ex necessarily, yeah, I do the, now. I don't typically expect it with Tarantino movie. Yeah. The, the scene you're referring to, I, for whatever reason, completely forgot. But as you were talking about, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, that was such a powerful moment in the story Yeah, because it was, it was so kind hearted yeah. and beautiful. This relationship that he was yeah. cultivating with this very young actress. Yeah. Yeah. But she was kind of telling him how it is. Right. Like he could learn like, something from her. Yeah. It was like this role reversal. It was not yeah. the probably typical way of yeah. explaining it. And it was, but it was so beautifully done. Yeah. And there was tender with even the sarcasm that came from her yeah. character and stuff. But it yeah. So that yeah. was, that was really good. And then a different, a scene that doesn't really have heart to it, but the scene where DiCaprio gets real frustrated with himself, goes back to his trailer and he just is verbally abusing himself. Yeah. Was another beautiful scene where I'm just like, 
oh, I relate to that. Yeah. Like maybe I haven't started destroying stuff in some place, but I'm like, internally I've done that. Like just right. torn yourself apart for not doing something the way that you hoped right. or wished you'd have done it. Yeah. You know, then he kind of gets his stuff together and goes and does it. Yeah. 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 He's so good in that. DiCaprio yeah. is so good. <laughs> Yeah, looks like I'm going to be going and getting Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I've got to watch it again yeah. now. If you guys haven't seen these two movies, yeah. you got to uh, watch them. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is out now. Um, and 1917, I believe, comes out in April. So you've still got a little bit of time okay. to wait for 1917. It'll yeah. probably be released in March digitally. So if that's how you watch things. Um, but uh, our time is winding down. Uh, yeah, we so didn't talk Jojo Rabbit. We didn't. But I do want to reference, like, there are several other movies that we've seen yeah. that I would still encourage you. Like, I would love to be able to talk about. I could probably speak into Jojo Rabbit for another 20 for minutes sure. or so. Jojo Rabbit, directed by Taika Waititi, yep. who did Thor Ragnarok. He's mm -hmm. done um, some other excellent movies. Yep. Uh, and what if, We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, if brilliant. You, if you question, I don't know if how a movie... A, about a child whose imaginary friend is Hitler. I don't know if I should watch that. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and watch it oh. because it is so expertly crafted. Yeah. Um, and uh, I went and saw it with my wife and afterwards my wife um, leaned over and she was like, oh my gosh, that was like a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's so tongue in cheek in certain moments, but then deep 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 heart because yeah. they're talking about a reality of a yeah. as a whole and man there's something powerful about yeah. that i don't know if i've seen many movies at least recently that balance now we're talking about it yeah we can talk more about it later but yeah. that balance humor and lightness with heavy to yeah. where i'm like i didn't expect to weep at that movie yes i thought there'd be heavy moments because it's based around some heavy stuff in world war ii yeah um, but knowing Taika Waititi's this super funny guy has a ton of brilliant comedy in his films. Yep. I didn't expect to weep like I did during yep. Jojo Rabbit. Yep. It's unique, it's quirky, but it's fantastic storytelling. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then I just want to throw out selfishly, uh, do it to two more. Let's have it. Uh, marriage story. I haven't watched it. I gotta um, be in the right state of mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, it's a story about divorce. Um, but wow yeah. is all I can say. It's just the, what they did. They told a story of divorce and they showed the pain. Um, it, but I would also say like that in the end, that movie is a, a bit of a story of redemption. Okay. Um, and it's a, it's just a beautiful story. And then I saw little women. Yeah. Um, and I wept several times in that movie. I've never read the book. I had not seen any previous adaptation, mm -hmm. um, but the most recent one that came out uh, released in 2019 uh, with uh, Ronan. Yeah. Wow. With the hardest name to pronounce based yeah. on spelling. Based on spelling, yeah. <laughs> um, you question it every time you say it. Yeah. Um, I just could not encourage people. Like, I think, so once upon a time for you, as much as I've loved 1917 is like, yeah, there was no movie I wanted to see again more than a little woman. Nice. I'm it excited was, to see it. It was, it was just so beautiful. It was such a powerful story and it made me 
I was so compelled by the story. I went out and bought the book because now I have to read it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> We've probably talked about it out here, yeah. but my man, Jacob does not read books. Nope. So he reads articles. He's yep. my article guy, but he does not read yep. books. So I'm excited that yeah. you're going to read little women. Yeah. At some point. Were there any uh, other movies that you saw that you want to share? Before I we... thought uh, Off the Cuff, Knives Out. Oh, I yeah, loved shoot. That was like a, was good. I, I expected to enjoy it because I like Ryan Johnson a lot. A different twist on a murder mystery than I feel like I had yeah. seen. Felt like Agatha Christie, but like another modern. original screenplay. Yeah. And director. And director. It was a good year for those. Yeah. Jojo Rabbit was that. It was mm-hmm. a good year for those movies. Um, that was a lot of, I'd say just, I had a lot of fun at the theater yeah. watching that movie. Um, yeah. There's probably more. I watch a lot yeah. of movies, so there's more I could talk about. Yeah. But that feels like a good place to yeah. end it. All right. Well, it was awesome. Hopefully you've stayed tuned during this if you haven't, then. 40 plus minute episode revolving around film. Uh, if you haven't, uh, we apologize. Chad yeah. will be back. Uh, yeah. and if you liked it, then maybe we'll do it again. Yeah. I, I would like to talk more. There's, I'd like to talk albums. I'd like to talk books. Mm-hmm. Maybe we talk little women if we both yeah through the book yeah and something. if we're uh, more prepared for it we can have if it's a book we can have excerpts from the literature and yeah, yeah. i can wind up trying yeah. to pull some of the movie clips and yeah. music clips and stuff yeah on a whim we decided to do this last yeah, yeah. night at about 10 p.m yeah we're, so. we're, we're, we're about eight hours old on this <laughs> yeah so <laughs> all right thanks for listening to the subversive and uh we will uh talk to you soon yep Thanks for listening to The Subversive. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. 